0: Welcome to Ridiculous Speculation on River City Media, Super Bowl edition, Friday night. A lot going on, guys. I got it. I, 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 reckless speculation. I do it every time. Reckless speculation on River City Media. I think we got to change the name. But first, I want to make welcome from ASAP. I get his network right. Jonathan Mathis, the sports judge. Join us from L.A. and the Super Bowl. Welcome aboard, Jonathan.
1: Hey, fellas, how you guys doing? It's great to be here. Um, thanks for having me on, Randall. I know you've been reaching out to me for some time now to come and do a show, and this is probably the most appropriate time to do this show now that the Super Bowl's here in our backyard. It's great to be here, and hello to everyone else on this panel as well.
0: Thanks for showing yeah, up on, on Marion Messenger. We're streaming live on River City Media. We're streaming to our new Facebook site, iTunes, Spotify. But if you're listening to us out there, we need Facebook. We need uh, uh, YouTube follows. We just started that page. So slam that like. Give us a little like. And it's ridiculous speculation. I swear that's the name of the show. Jonathan, first (laughs) question. What is the tone of L.A.? You're L.A. native. You are a Rams fan. What's it like out there right now with the Rams 48 hours from a Super Bowl appearance?
1: Well, for a long time here in Los Angeles, you know, there wasn't a football team here. So uh, having the Super Bowl here for the first time since 1993, it's kind of new to us, uh, but it brings on a a great vibe. You know, um, people here are excited that a Super Bowl is in this city that for once – Los Angeles is hosting the Super Bowl, and uh, it's just a great feeling. Um, it, it's really, really hard to say whether or not a lot of people are rooting for the Rams because you guys know what, what have occurred uh, this season when other teams took over uh, their stadium. Uh, fans from the opposing team, of course, took over the stadium. Uh, so – I mean, you know, it's 50-50. You have some Rams fans and then you have some fans rooting for the opposing team or, or you have some fans that is really not big on, on football because for a long time we haven't been an NFL city. We've been more of a college football city. You know, a lot of people out here like USC, UCLA, that's the primary focus when it comes to football. So it's something new. It's something big. It's something nice to see. Uh, for me personally, I can say that I love it because I'm a huge sports fan, but I like I like the atmosphere. I like that the media is here. Uh, this is a media-driven city, so a, a scene like this one is very perfect, uh, you know, and you can't ask for anything better. And for me, it, it's great because I haven't witnessed a Super Bowl. The last time I've seen it, it was at the Rose Bowl in 1993 when the Dallas Cowboys played the Buffalo Bills. So it's been a long time. And when that Super Bowl was played, I was just a seven-year-old kid. Uh, now I'm a grown man, <clears> 8, 36, <throat> and I'm seeing a Super Bowl in a new stadium, uh, a, a stadium that's just a state-of-the-art and is probably one of the best built in a very long time. It, it's just it's just a great moment right now for Los Angeles and, and the sports fans here.
2: Absolutely. Robbie um, Davis,
1: first question yeah, just- out the back. Yeah, and
2: Jonathan, just a little bit, just add on to that, and just kind of what the vibe is there. Usually, um, I've been in, I've been to, I haven't been to a Super Bowl, but I've been to like uh, the BCS Championship when LSU was playing in New Orleans, Mm -hmm. um, or when uh, you know FSU was playing in the Orange Bowl. Typically, the home fans aren't necessarily as aggressive as the away fans are coming into a new place. So are you seeing more Bengals fans just out and about more? And so the Rams fans laying more low or is it a 50-50 or just what's the vibe like out and about?
1: I would say it's a 50-50 because remember for a long time, like I said, we haven't had a football team here. So, you know, uh, a lot of people root for different teams here in Los Angeles. I got a few neighbors, for example, Uh, one's a Chiefs fan. Around the corner from here. One's a Steelers fan. One's a Bears fan. They're all over the place. <clears throat> uh and this this city it is a huge Raider city. I mean, this is Raider Nation, Los yeah. Angeles. So a lot of the fans no. are not really big on the Rams. Um, it, it's not it's not the home team for them, you know. Um so they'll probably most likely be rooting for the Bengals to pull off the yeah. upset.
2: And- um, just a quick follow-up, and it, it, just, it just occurred to me that the parallels are um, pretty remarkable. Um, here in Tennessee, the Titans came in to Nashville, and it was Falcons fans, Steelers fans, Rams fans, Saints fans. The Titans came in. They played in Memphis for a year. They took the Nashville, first year in Nashville, Super Bowl caught the whole state's imagination and now you have a huge titans fans i'm interested to see if this super bowl especially being at home really captivates la as to being rams fans now
1: yes i'm interested to see how that plays out as well because uh you know you gotta realize too la is also a city that roots for winners um This is a city that will quickly jump on the bandwagon. So if you prove yourself worthy and if you win football games and win championships, there will be a huge fan base behind you. Trust me. That's how L.A. is. But first and foremost, this is a basketball city. It's Lakers. I mean, they love the Lakers out here. We love the Dodgers. Uh, I think the Rams have to earn our respect again after leaving the first time. I think they have to – uh, Rebuild and rekindle that relationship with sports fans here. And the best way to do it is to win the Super Bowl on Sunday.
0: Right, yeah. Jane, let's see. Uh, where, where do you want to lead us to? Now,
3: you know, to Robbie's point, being a, a Titans fan, like he said, it, it did take a big core group of us by storm when they went to the Super Bowl the first year uh, or second year. And You know, we still have games, though. Like, it takes a really long time to build a fan base. Um, And we still have games where it's 50-50 or, you know, we have opposing fans coming in a little little heavier than we'd like, especially for us hardcore fans. So I'm anxious to see, you know, to both your points, how this is going to really affect them um, and – you know, I, I really think if, if L.A. does pull it up, like you said, they are they are a city of champions. And I think people can jump on super quickly um, again. But to earn the respect, I mean, that's 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 a mountain to climb in L.A.
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And when the Rams haven't been here for so, so long, um, it really didn't matter. You know, more people. Out here are big on college football. It's either USC. You either on one side here. You either on USC's bandwagon, or you on UCLA. You can't pick or choose. You know, you yeah, have to pick the one or the other. So, I mean, the Rams they fit in quite well to me. Uh, from what I've seen, I, I've seen a, a a lot of tailgates, a lot of Rams fans, but not as many as you would imagine with them coming back uh, again because. The Raiders captivate this city, even though they're in Las Vegas. Remember, you know, they're close by, too. They're not very far from here. And the Raiders, when I was growing up, they played at the Coliseum. So a lot of people grew up Raiders fans. And now to see the Rams here, they're like, well, what is this team doing in our city? Uh, This team doesn't really belong here. They're not really L.A.'s number one team. Well, hey, if they win the Super Bowl, they might be L.A.'s number one team because the Raiders aren't here. Technically, they did Hey, awesome. hey so,
2: Jonathan, I got to ask you a question. Do you know a Chargers fan?
1: Uh, I know two. I know
2: two.
1: <laughs> but, uh, uh, not too many. I don't know too many. <laughs> I, I don't know a lot. I think we should have stayed in San Diego.
2: Yeah. It was hard to find Chargers fans in San Diego, much less going up to L.A.
3: Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. But- the Rams certainly fit the mold with the, you know, big names and star-studded talent. So I'm anxious to see this this game this weekend.
1: Yeah, and they have a history here as well. Uh, years ago, they used to play in Anaheim. They used to play in Angel Stadium. So they have their fair share of fans, unlike the Chargers. The Chargers, they moved from San Diego. They're AFC rivals with the Raiders, and that don't mix with Raider fans out here in Los Angeles. So, of course, you're not going to, you know, Get a huge fan base uh, when you come from San Diego and your rivals with a team that's very popular in Southern California. Jonathan, this week
0: you had a unique uh, opportunity to be a Super Bowl embedded reporter virtually. Yes. Tell me what that experience has been like. I've even noticed on the NFL network in the past they had hundreds of reporters around the players. I guess this is for the protection of the players. Also, but they kept you guys in the media way away away, and I know you've done some great interviews online. But it's got to be different.
1: It was very different. Um, back in 2018, I covered the NBA All Star Game, so I was I was in that crowd. It, it was a media circus. It was a crazy atmosphere. Uh, but this was different. Um, you know, you're in your home. Uh, you you see these guys uh, via Zoom. Uh, but you still have communication with them. You're still able to ask questions and stuff. Um, I thought it was a great experience for again my first time. It was a unique experience. It's one that will always stay with me. One that I will never forget. Um, I was blessed to get that opportunity to uh, sit through the interviews and and listen to those guys uh, talk about the upcoming game and and ask any any question that they wanted to. And and you know it it was just great. A great feeling for me um, as I continue on with my journey as a podcaster and a sports journalist. It was very fun. Um, I enjoyed the interviews. Couldn't ask for anything better. And it helps you write a more effective story when you have those connections and when you're able to actually talk to the player uh, face-to-face. I know it was virtual. Uh, But this is different, and, you know, we live in the world of COVID now, so things have changed, and I think it is to protect the players. Uh, But, hey, if there's a will, there's a way, and you still had access to these guys. And it was just a great opportunity for me to prosper and continue to grow as I thrive in what is a very competitive business.
2: Um, And so – Yeah, on that note, and so I may be completely wrong about this. I don't know. I've never been at any of these events um, from the media perspective. But so does this virtual world we live in, does that level the playing field more? Like I would assume that, hey, ESPN, NFL Network, CBS, all your major players have the front row. Does the virtual world really take it everyone back to where, hey, is it's easier for you know people that aren't on the big networks to ask questions, or is it still status quo? If 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 I'm even correct on my premise,
1: yes. Uh, for us, it was very easy. Been with ASAP. I mean, we're a fast growing network. We're not as popular as some of these mainstream networks, and a few of our guys were able to get some questions in. So I thought it was a great advantage uh, for us. Um, it worked out brilliantly. And we were able to uh, get some questions and, and, and get some notoriety. And it, it was really great for our network. And it helps us build for the future. So, yes, to answer your question, I think it it serves a great purpose for uh, websites that's not as mainstream as some of your big time big dogs like ESPN or, or Sports Illustrated or NBC Sports or CBS yep. Sports or so forth. Uh, So, yes, I I think with this this new virtual experience that we have going on now, I think it benefits uh, those who are trying to get their feet wet and who are trying to get the same opportunities that others have uh, working for mainstream media.
0: Brandon. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, take us a little bit more into that process, like as far as the virtual world are. are you guys like in some type of queue or is it, you know, preset questions and, and times when you ask them or, or how does that all work?
1: Okay, so what, what you do is kind of like a queue. You're, you're in Zoom, just like you would do a video or something like that. And you have the mute button. You have all these things at the bottom, different options and everything. So what you do, if you want to ask a question... You don't say anything you have to be in a confined area where there's no noise and all that and you will push wait raise your hand and uh if you when you push that i guess the pr person in the room or whatever would notice that and they will call on you and you just ask the question um if you don't have a question you don't raise your hand uh and they won't they won't see it so to uh to get your question in you have to click the button at the bottom raise your hand and they will most likely call on you.
3: Yeah, to Robbie's point, I think that would level the playing field a little bit more yes. in, in that scenario than you know just being ESPN badge in front as media. So that right. that's good. That's awesome. You guys had that opportunity.
0: Rich yes. Jasper, our friend and part, fellow podcaster joining us. All right, Jonathan. We got about five more minutes. You got a show with uh yourself
1: coming on in about 40 minutes. Plug that. Absolutely, at 6 p.m. Um, it's just say the truth. It's a show that me and my fellow co-hosts do every Wednesday and Friday night. We have a lot of fun there. You guys are more than welcome to tune in. It's at 6 p.m. Pacific time, uh, 8 p.m. Central time, 9 p.m. East Coast time. Um, and you guys That's can work. find that show on ASAP Network.
2: All right. Awesome. Hey, if you ever need, need a guest, I'm always available.
1: Oh, yes, certainly. I'll yeah. tell my guys and hey, yeah. <laughs> you,
0: you did an interview with uh Coach Pitcher. Yes, I did. Joe Burrow's quarterback coach. Let's start there. Yes. What's your impression of Joe Burrow? What were you able to find out during that interview that you were surprised by?
1: Well, I'm very surprised that Joe Burrow doesn't need much guidance that He's able to take on this offense at a very young age on his own without a lot of mentorship. Uh, I found that very impressive when I was listening to the interview. Pitcher, his job is basically easy with Joe Burrow because Joe Burrow is that guy that came in. He learned the system. He caught on really well, and he's ahead of his time. We all see how mature he is, a little arrogant, a little cocky, Uh, but you know, he has come in and he has taken over this offense and look where it's gotten them. They ended up in the Super Bowl, you know? So pitcher went into that a little bit. Um, and he talked about how unique of a quarterback he is. Um, you know, he's his ability to stretch the field, to make plays, to extend plays. He talked about his ability to extend plays and he went into, uh, a deeper conversation saying that Joe Burrow won't be phased by this defensive front of the Rams um that he will find ways to elude the pressure that he can find ways to uh, run and 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 make something happen if the pocket is collapsing because you know of course you have Aaron Donald on the other side who who's a who's a phenomenal pass rusher and is going to do anything he can to get you on the ground, to bring you down. Uh, so I think Joe Burrow is mentally tough, according to pitcher. Um, he knows what this moment is, and he's ready for it. And he's just a resilient quarterback and one of those quarterbacks who don't give up. And the lights are not too bright for him. He's not, he's not terrified of the moment. He just plays the game, and he continues to um, make things happen offensively.
2: Robbie, follow up. Um, yeah, I guess my only question would be, if Joe Burrow <clears throat> fails, what happened? What happened to make jo- Joe Burrow not be successful in this game?
1: Well, that's you know that's a that's a tough question. Repeat that question.
2: So, if Joe Burrow doesn't win huh when you're looking back on it tomorrow or Monday, what would have happened to make him not win?
1: What would have happened to make him not win? You know that's a tough question. what I'm struggling with that one. What would have made him happen to not win? Uh,
2: do you think so 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 I guess my question is or or a hypothetical answer would be, does Aaron Donald just dominate so much to where he can't place his foot? Can Jamar Chase not get open? What does it take to slow down Cincinnati's offense that um, it will stop when it's, no one in his career has been able to do so in a big game thus far?
1: Cut in and out.
2: He, I think what he was oh, saying, yeah,
1: you cut
0: out, Robbie, was. What does the Rams do that eliminates Burrow's success?
1: Oh, uh, that's easy. They, they just dominate in the pass rush. Get to him early because the Bengals' offensive line is not that good of an offensive line. We saw that all year. Uh, if you look at the stats, Joe Burrow has been sacked the most times in, in the NFL this season. Uh, he's taken a lot of beatings and, you know, he's been sent to the ground. Constantly. Uh, So I think if the Rams can uh, get to him early and put a lot of pressure on him and and hopefully make him make mistakes, uh, then, yeah, everyone's going to be talking about Joe Burrow's uh, failure in in a big game. Um, And that's one way the Rams can help him is with that dominant defensive front that they have. Because remember – you could you could you could double team Aaron Donald all you want, but you still got Vaughn Miller out there, a veteran yeah. who knows what it takes to win. Remember, this is a Super Bowl champion. This is a guy who's been here before. So I mean, and then you 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 got MVP of the win. Super Bowl. boy, too. So I mean, you got you got playmakers in that defensive front that can make it a long, long afternoon for Joe Burrow. I'm interested to see how he how he the response to it and how he performs in a game of that magnitude.
0: All right, Brandon, I guess we'll give you last question, but before we get out of here, one more after Brandon's question, we're going to have to have a a prediction from the sports judge before he gets out of here, Brandon. So ask your question.
3: Yeah. So I see this matchup similar um, to the Titans game um, in the playoffs. So, you know, the Titans on defense did all they could to to hold Burrow at bay. You know, granted, he still threw for almost 300 yards, but we did hold him to 19 points. Mm-hmm. Um, so my question to you, do you think that if Stafford can keep it to one turnover or less and they create the pass rush like we saw the Titans do, do you think this game – or Burrow has a chance to to even pull this out.
1: Yeah, well, hey, look, Cincinnati has been riding this magic carpet all year long. I don't see why they couldn't pull it out. I mean, if this game stays close, it's anybody's ball game. And the Bengals have been resilient all year. And again, nothing ever seems to faze them. So I think when you have a Joe Burrow on the field, someone who is an absolute stud and who can drive his team down the field, yeah, certainly you got a chance. You you got a chance to beat this Rams team because look, there there's nothing to lose for Cincinnati. I mean, they weren't even supposed to be here. And right. this is this is a team of underdogs one against a team that was supposed to be here that that everyone is putting their money on. So, yes, to answer your question, I think yeah. Absolutely, I think the Bengals could could grind it out in the end. Um especially if Matthew Stafford makes a mistake. And that's one thing he has to do. He has to play a clean game in which he has. And I think he will play a clean game. I say that because I think the Rams will establish the run game early. And that would take a load of pressure off of Matthew Stafford. And he will be able to make those plays when needed down the field.
0: All right. That sets it up for us, sports judge. I know you got to get out to another toe. Official prediction. Thank you, sir. Out.
1: No problem. Okay, so my prediction is that the Rams are going to win on a Matt Gay field goal. 24-21. That's my uh, final score.
0: Rams. Jonathan, thank you for the time, my friend. We will join you later tonight after we finish up on ASAP. We will do this again soon. Maybe we'll get on and talk after the Super
1: Bowl. Absolutely. A little, a little feedback. Thank Thanks, you, guys. Thanks for having me. Awesome. I appreciate you guys. This this was yeah. awesome. Thanks how for coming, man. Thank you. Yep. Uh, we
0: appreciate Jonathan. Let me see if I can figure out how to work this now. Uh, we appreciate Jonathan joining us. He's a great guy. Uh, he's one of those guys that kind of beats the weeds of what, we, what I should be doing. He goes out every single day of the week and looks for opportunities to cover sports, write articles, and I think you I don't think do that's that? what I'm supposed to be doing as the head of River City Media. So he's somebody that inspires me to get out and get more opportunities. And like I said, he's covered some big name events now, and that's something we all look to do. But uh
2: it was great just to hear from somebody sitting there at the Super Bowl, Robbie. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's just nice to be like, what's it like? You know, you see well, especially because what you see on TV, you see ESPN, you see uh, if anybody watches Fox Sports, like you, you you see those. But that's all prime position. Like to see someone that's down there, like on the grind or even virtually, like what's it really like? Because, uh, I mean, I don't foresee at least either of y'all ever working for ESPN. Me, maybe, but uh, – <laughs> But y'all will always be on the ground ground, down below. So, Yeah. uh, uh, But, you know, it's a fascinating take.
3: I thought it was really cool um, to hear the kind of behind the scenes on how the whole Zoom and the cues work, too, and how that actually does level the playing field. Because you imagine yourself as, you know, some guy that just actually somehow got a, you know, a pass to slide into the room, and you're in the back of the room you're trying to raise your hand for a question. There's no chance you're getting your oh yeah your, your number called. But no, you well, know, they don't
2: know your name. Like you're not. Yeah, it's just like it's yeah, it's what I'm saying.
3: Like to be in that opportunity to have have that setting where it's it's just somebody in the queue and they're like, all right, this guy from you know wherever. And I, I thought that was really cool and uh, now, good I'm opportunity sure we were for them.
0: Come back and talk about the game a little bit, but let's sidebar a couple of things. There's a lot that goes on with the Super Bowl other than the football game, commercials, halftime shows. We'll get to all that. But one of the growing things, I think, over the last few years has been prop bets. Crazy bets. You can bet on the coin toss. You can bet on how many sacks the Rams will have. You can bet on virtually everything in this game. Quickly, we'll get through this. I thought we would best prop bet from each one of us, and we'll start with you, Brandon. What have you got on the table for best prop bets?
3: So, best prop bets, I've got three, and I'm going to go with my first one and my most solid one is OBJ to score a touchdown at plus 140. Nice. Um, That's got great value in it. If you look at the last game, he was targeted 11 times. He was 9 for 11, over 100 yards with a TD. Um, I think he's a big factor with a lot of attention on Cooper Cup in this matchup, and um, I don't see how he doesn't find his way into the end zone. Um, Second.
2: Wait, what was that first one? Sorry, I wasn't taking it. What was it?
3: The first one was OBJ to score a touchdown plus 140. Okay. I like it.
2: I'm trying yeah, to get rid of so, there.
3: Yeah, it's it's great value. Um, like I said, I mean, I just – I don't see him not getting in the end zone. Um, my next one, which I've been on the fence back and forth, but I do like the over 48 and a half. It's at minus 110. Um, we'll call out our picks later, but um, – my numbers lead to over that, so I'm, I'm going to roll with that. And then last, um, for a fun bet, the last 26 out of 28 Super Bowls, believe it or not, even with the rule changes, the opening kickoff has been returned and not a touchback. So the odds there, it's minus 120. I think it's still favorable. Take that. Uh, I like it. I mean, the numbers don't lie, so uh, even in in a semi-enclosed stadium. You
0: you stole one from me a little bit, but let's realize, too, the football that opens the Super Bowl is not a regular kicking ball. Uh, It is not like the balls that the players have gotten ready. It is a commemorative ball that's going straight to the Hall of Fame. It has never been kicked in a live game. So to get in the end zone is quite an accomplishment. So
2: there's a exactly. for
0: like a thousand to one for the opening kickoff to be returned for a touchdown. I like that.
2: I've never heard that. Is that true?
0: It's mm-hmm. true. It is true. I heard that on one of the sports shows I listened to the other day. So wow. Brandon, you got one more?
2: No, that was
3: it. Just the three.
0: All right, Robbie Navis.
2: So I, I scrolled, uh, I saw about two hours of my day today, I spent looking at prop bets. Well one, somehow I'm an idiot. And it took me about 25 minutes to find out where the prop bets were on uh, <laughs> season of rewards. so but anyway, I found them I found them. I was like, this can't be this hard, but got to them and I was looking, I was gonna I was, I was like, please, gambling gods let there be an under for COVID-positive tests for the Super Bowl. That's what I was going for. I was like, yes, I was like, give me 0.5, and I will take the under of COVID-positive tests this week. Somehow, all year long, we've had COVID, but now the Super Bowl's coming up and hasn't been mentioned. So kudos, Roger Goodell, for just putting the horse blinders on and just going straight to them. <laughs> Um it's like the
3: don't ask, don't tell policy. Yeah,
2: yeah. It's it's like, like,
3: I, mean, I feel fine. I feel fine, yeah, coach. Yeah. Good. No
2: one's getting <laughs> tested. We haven't heard we haven't heard a bleep of any COVID, either Yes, yeah. or uh, exposure, <laughs> contact tracing, nothing. Yeah. It's just been yep, all not now. even a
3: sneeze in the buildings. Uh, yeah,
2: so I was taking the under on that. Unfortunately, it didn't happen. So um I like plus four hundred um la getting a field goal is the first score i think mcveigh is going to come out put points on the board i agree with jonathan i think the defense the rams is going to give cincy a lot of problems especially in the first half like la field goal plus 400 um my other one if the rams win they're favored to win so if vegas if if it works, how Vegas thinks it's gonna work. And the Rams win, it's gonna be one reason and one reason only. That defensive line has crushed Cincy's weak offensive line, which gives me to Aaron Donald at plus or plus eighteen hundred for MVP. I really like that bet. If not if. When I place my own money on this game, um, I am definitely putting a chunk of change on Darnold as MVP, uh, plus 1,800. I like that. I mean, it, this is this has got uh, Vaughn Miller, Denver versus Carolina in, in that Super Bowl kind of feel to it. If he can dominate, it's over, and that, that's it. But that's
0: funny because I'm going to leave my picks off with an MVP pick, too, Robbie. Are you done with yours yet? Is that what... Yeah. you have another one?
2: No, I just did two in my COVID I'm going to give but...
0: you Cooper Cup at plus 700 as an MVP. He's going to have 10 catches. He's going to go over 100 yards. If this is a low-scoring game and he's got one of the two scores that happen, I like Cooper Cup. Then I... Got strange with mine, so roll with me. First quarter, even or odd. There's only three outcomes that can come in as even and odd in the first quarter. Even or odd, you can get is the ending score even or odd at the end of the first quarter.
2: How could there be three?
0: It's <laughs> a tie?
2: Three outcome.
0: I guess you could tie. Score, zero, three zero. Scores, three scores. But that's even. Right. Follow me. You're not listening. One score is odd. Two scores. Every possibility is even. Three scores. Everything is even. Except a two touchdowns and a field goal or three touchdowns. So in my head, there's going to be two scores in the first corner. If you say there's one score... It's odd. If you say there's two scores, it's even. Do all the math. I like even at the end of the first quarter at like plus 190. Will they be a scoreless quarter? Plus 300. I like that. No score in the whole quarter. And finally, finally, I'm going to give you two player props. Joe Burrow. Under his passing total, and Samad JP Ryan over 1.5 receptions. So, I have put anywhere from two to five dollars on all those props for right now.
2: I'm still Honestly, confused. it can be three outcomes on even versus odd.
0: <laughs> They're either going to be three scores, two scores, or one score. That's all I'm saying. You're you're thinking I'm in an odd or even could be. I'm saying either you're going to have one score by both teams, two scores by both teams, or three scores by the combined teams. Three scores is highly unlikely. One score is highly unlikely. Two scores is my pick.
3: It's like me at the roulette table.
0: What, what is double zero? I thought it was only red or black. <laughs> yeah. Also, I like heads on the coin toss. Never I like tails. On the coin toss.
3: Tails always wins.
0: So, come on, y'all got to have a crazier one than that. What? What? Anybody got one? Just throw a crazy one out.
2: You just heard my head on that. <laughs> <laughs> Three, <four. laughs> um, I think. Uh, I, I'm not a big national anthem. Better. Um, I don't care about that. I don't know. Um, uh, I, I take. Uh, the Rams take the timeout first. I like that one too.
0: I really, I really like someone – I almost like Cooper Cup to win the MVP too much. I mean, I'm, I will I, say
2: – Oh, sorry. I, I think both quarterbacks throw a completion foot, throw an incompletion. I think both offensive coordinators get them settled in with a, a short little uh, wide receiver screen, some short soft pass. To, even though they're both minus, I think, 110 or 120 I looked at this morning – uh, i like i think that's both easy money i was shocked brendan
0: chain didn't take matthew stafford over one over 0. 0.5 interceptions for negative 160. you've lived off of that one chain
3: i have and i'm gonna die by it too so i I'm, I'm not gonna not gonna call it just because of i want things to go a certain way so uh hey <laughs> i'm so- staying away from that
2: one We've had we went what fifty years with no safeties. Then we went, I guess, last year with no safety. That safety bet, um, they're both what plus 800, 850, something like that. Um, what do you guys think about that bet? I,
3: I don't see a safe. I mean,
0: I like the kickoff. Can, can and there back. be a
3: safety? Yeah, I like I like the kickoff return, and I like the first kickoff's not going to be a touchback. Um, I could see, I could definitely see a safety uh, with Aaron Donald. You know, if, if they pin him down deep and and he gets through there,
2: uh, you have you, one of the worst offensive lines in Super Bowl history against one of the best defensive, not one of the best, but a very solid. Defensive yeah, top line. top
3: five. Top yeah, five so this,
2: this this could get. Not to ugly, but there could be some bad situations where Cincinnati can be put in. So yeah, over well, on,
0: over on FanDuel, they're offering a prop for sacks by the Rams. Is that one you would take over? I think it's five sacks.
2: Yeah, yeah, probably.
0: I I think got think non- what did the Chiefs Five get? and a
2: half sacks, I think.
3: Chiefs had one.
2: Oh, okay. <laughs> Well, that explains better than the Super Bowl. Yeah. All right. She messed up
0: the odd and even thing and made y'all confused. Let's go on to the next subject. I sent <laughs> you a list of Super Bowl commercials out that's been I released didn't. so far. Were you, you able did? to see any of them? And I personally am going to tell you right now. Already, my favorite commercial is Austin Powers.
2: A hundred percent. You did not send that out. Uh, yeah, I did not get it.
0: Text.
3: Not uh, not the one that I received. The text. Anyway, okay. have you been able this to is, see
0: any of the commercials listed, listed all over the internet?
3: I, I have not. I have not. So why don't you take us away and tell us your thoughts on what your favorite one you think
0: is. I only watched a couple of them. And there was one. And I'm a huge fan of the movie Austin Powers. And mm-hmm. they were, uh, oh, no, I know where it's at. It's on the spreadsheet that you asked me to update
3: oh okay. no let's us, let us know when you're i up just there. i just printed that and it, not too long before it, we started it to the you
0: because it's on my phone somewhere <laughs> well it's a little too late now yeah uh, <laughs> i think you probably look in that group text that we all have you'll find it there Yeah, uh, okay but anyway all good do you well, get you excited just, about the commercials you know or? how
2: to work excel i love I, it I, I, it's in the text here Oh, you just, you just sent best prop bets, best commercials. There's no reference to it. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't get a no link to click. Link. Or, yeah, exactly.
3: I don't know. Uh, no, uh, I do. Randall's asking, do we look forward to the commercials or whatever? And I, I do. I, I, this is one football game that I actually sit down for and actually pay attention and watch the commercials and the halftime show. well
2: this halftime show is going to be awesome
3: this halftime show i mean every every person of our age you know you know 40 or or younger they're gonna go crazy like oh, i was talking
2: to people in my office like hey you know what are your super bowl plans what do you guys have planned they're like you mean the halftime show plans like that that's what it's like to a whole generation well i mean and like generations is what's amazing like you know, we grew up on Dr. Dre and then some Eminem and we got younger kids, Kendrick Lamar and like we got Snoop Marys. Like it's a huge um, essentially the main part of Living America grew up on this halftime show. Yeah,
0: yeah. And if so, you have a copy of 40 one, to 2002 you're probably going to enjoy this halftime show. Yeah. yeah. How many I'm, how I'm, many boat rides did we take for I'm that? I'm a Snoop fan, but that's the only person I've even heard of, really. I mean, I know Dr. Dre, but it's not... I, I will be getting food during the halftime show. What? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a generational thing. This was after my time. I mean... It is. I, I Actually, I was eating lunch the other day
3: uh, with a client, and we were sitting there. We had a young girl. She was, I think, 20 or 21, um and some other person close to us was talking about the halftime show, and like she was like, I don't even know who these people are, or you know, all this. Uh I was almost heartbroken. I was like, Are you kidding me? <laughs> I was like, I yeah, have you not pe- heard of it
2: The people in their late 30s, this is like prime just uh chop. This is just this is what especially hip hop music was, but Basically, music um, for our childhood and now adulthood. Like, um. yeah, I've heard I've heard people your age be very excited
0: about it, in the older and younger crowd, especially some younger. Now I love Snoop; he's a cultural icon. Snoop being at the Super Bowl is. I go back to Prince playing the Super Bowl in Miami a few years ago. It's a cultural icon, but Mary J. Blige, I had to Google who she was i mean i'll be
2: on well I, I will i will i will give you i will i will uh, go along with you on this randall watching uh ice cube in the coliseum for the nascar race uh no one knew th- what that music was and i was like oh man like i can't be that old uh but there were people just dancing to the beat didn't know the words and um, so, it'll be interesting. I mean, it is L.A. It's still Dre. It's still Snoop, Eminem, Kendrick Lamar, Mary J. Blige. well, it, one, it's going to be a fantastic show. Whether you know the music or not, it's going to be fantastic. Right, right. Um, so, Randall, yes, please stay in your seat. Watch Watch the halftime show. So, yeah. here's some of the
0: commercials that's released, just to let you all know. Austin Powers cast reunites for a GM ad. So the original cast of Austin Powers will have their <laughs> reunion. <or> <laughs> Evidently, could... Amazon has spent a ton of money on Alexa, the mind reader. Oh uh, yeah, with Scarlett
2: Johansson.
0: Uh, calling yes, you out. With Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. yeah, Lindsay Lohan for Planet Fitness. Budweiser commercial with Oscar-winning filmmaker Chloe Z A O O. Megan the Stallion has- snacks on flaming hot Doritos. Sally sells seashells by the seashell, and that's like the supposed to be the the big one. Uh, I'm just excited about Austin Powers. I love that movie. I, I want to see Minnie Me and the whole cast. I see who they have back in that movie.
2: Uh, yeah, I-, I think. Go ahead. Oh, overall, I'm I'm not a huge. I mean, I like, I thought they were funny. I think Doritos had a good run, and um, I can't remember who Pepsi, maybe Budweiser was the best. Yeah, Budweiser was was really good. You know, ten years ago, I thought over the last five years, it's just kind of been. Eh, I mean, they try very yeah. hard, but I don't think that. I think it's can't. Like, I just don't think there's enough creative marketing. And, like, what do you get from that one day? Like, can you hit it out of the park? If you can't hit it out of the park, then it's just kind of lame. And so I haven't walked away in the last few years being like, oh gosh, that was a great commercial. The last one that I
0: really remember that struck me was during the Gulf War with the Budweiser commercial with the uh the the stallions and i think mm-hmm. that 2099. it was the it, it's the only commercial i think i've ever cried for so i know y'all are little kids but yeah 12 14 15
3: <laughs> no uh, I, I, I agree i, I love Budweiser always did it really really well
2: so so uh, and, and, go ahead I'm sorry no you're
3: good
2: okay so what do you guys think? Who wins the weekend as far as advertising goes? Um, Let's say it's Budweiser or Doritos or Domino's, whatever it is. Them spending three million bucks on advertising or Mattress Mac gambling five million and getting that advertisement and possibly winning five million. I think he's got it down. I think he's doing a better job than commercials would be.
0: I uh, I don't disagree Matthews with that.
2: Friday.
3: Yeah, I don't disagree with that at all. I mean he's got he's got an upside, you know, a little bit higher there probably. But you know, you're looking at these major companies, whether they're gonna spend, you know, probably not even a fourth of their marketing budget for this one commercial. Some of them maybe more. Um but yeah, you gotta kind of knock it out of the park if you're getting this kind of play time. And um, I, I, yeah, I, I totally agree. Mattress Mac just out of nowhere. I mean, he's getting all these hits and buzz from, you know, just like he did in the World Series. I mean, he put yeah. you know, five or ten million on
2: Houston, and he could he could get it back if the if his bet wins, right.
0: All right, guys. Well, that's kind what of I'm really saying of is reckless speculation.
2: speculation should make a bet, big bet on the Super Bowl.
0: I'm winning one of the $1 million draft teams.
3: We're right taking donations
2: bad, right now. Randall will put it in ridiculous speculation, won't be able to collect. Yeah. <laughs> it's, we'll have the LLC in the wrong name. <laughs>
0: hey, that's the reason we need to Checks, get the LLC checks written station. to the wrong name. <laughs> Can't cash. All it. right, guys. It's time to get to the game. Let's start with one thing. If you break these teams down, I've watched nonstop are looking at it. We've got a couple of things that's going to affect the game, I think, heavily. Let's start with, it seems that Tyler Higby is being declared very unlikely to play. Uh, I think we go into the game with CJ, they're tied in, awesome and Zuma, whatever he's pronounced it, very unlikely to play. Do... Those two that my first two thoughts would be that's huge pieces of both teams offense is missing. I guess that was my first storyline. Brandon, what was your first thought when you started breaking down this game?
3: So so yeah, if if Higby's out, I mean that's a big key part of the Rams offense. Um I think they could you know Sean McVay is is one of the greatest minds on the offensive side. Your twin brother, in quite some time, yeah. So, give myself a little props here. Um, but I, I think he'll he'll come up with a way to, you know, kind of combat that if Higby's out. Um, I mean, this, like we said, we've talked about this. The Rams have sold out. This is all or nothing. Um, and and I think you'll see a little bit more, uh, maybe chips off off the running backs to you know, counteract, maybe run the drag route or the out route that in place of Higby to kind of fill those voids Um if that happens. But, you know, who knows? I mean, you've got a brilliant mind on that offense, and um, it's got them this far. So why would you doubt them now?
0: Robbie, what was your uh, initial thoughts of breaking
2: down the game? So – This is a game of – I don't want either team to win. Um, The Bengals beat the Titans this year in the playoffs since I don't like them. Now I'm still pissed that the Rams beat the Titans back in 99. I don't like them either. Um, So it's just a bitter game for me. Every time we have seen this matchup in the NFL – the defensive ends can get to the quarterback win. and I can't get as much as I want to say. Hey, Joe Burrow doesn't lose big games. Jamar Chase, T. Higgins. Um, I can't remember the other guy's name, but it's like they—they they were all on my fancy team, by the way, and we—we we didn't, we didn't do very well. But you, you like big uh, games. That, that's a that's a power offense. But if you can't block, and then all of a sudden you have to shift tight ends in and you have – you're going to put tight ends in for protection. Then you got Jalen Ramsey. I'm not sure he can cover Chase one-on-one, but he can go to Higgins one-on-one, and then you double up on Chase. And then you limit what the Bengals can do on offense. Um, and I'm so, – Robbie, to
0: that point, it seems the Rams have indicated – that despite not traveling with a receiver all year, Jalen Ramsey will travel with Jamar Chase in the Super Bowl. Normally, Jamal – Jalen Ramsey lines up on the left side of the offense and plays the left side of the field. Now it seems like they're going to travel him with Jamar
2: Chase. I think they'll try that, but I don't think they're going to stay on very long. I don't care. Ramsey's a great, great, great quarterback. Chase is a great, great receiver, and the game, the rules, are favor the offense. So you can throw short, jump into it, and that's a forty-yard gain. Like I just don't like that idea. Um, as great as Jalen Ramsey is, change. Has- uh, well,
3: to be like the Rams are one of the worst man-to-man defenses um, out there, secondary-wise. Like they haven't played it hardly at all all year. And I don't see – like there's a lot of speculation just because of the big names that, you know, Ramsey, Chase, you're going to see this, or Higgins. You're going to see some man, but their overall scheme, I mean, they play a zone or or a cover two man. Um, I don't see, you know, Ramsey being on an island out there. I mean, why change up what you've been doing all year, especially statistically you're not very good at? Um, I well, just, and Bay
2: learned that last time when he played right. against the Patriots. Like, he tried to get cute and got embarrassed. And mm-hmm. so, just do what you do now. Like, you you created this team. And, hey, take the more talented team to the field and play your game.
3: Exactly. Don't get out of your own lane. You know, yeah. stay in your lane. Stay, stay in what got you here. There's no reason to change just because – you know, the media or whatever is forcing this matchup.
2: I Post that on the billboard every fantasy football draft. Stay in your lane, doing <laughs> great at. So back to that then. If the Rams do stay in their
0: standard base, who that <clears> does – so in the first two games of the playoff, Tyler Boyd was basically unheard of. But if the Rams stay in a too deep zone – and play zone with the tight end out. You would think Tyler Boyd becomes a a huge part of this game plan because he's going to get coverage from a safety or a linebacker. Now you've got your best matchup probably in the slot, just like the Rams do. Could you see a little bit of the same things with Cooper Cup, Tyler Boyd over the middle trying to create space for – Odell Beckham and Van Jefferson down the field? Because I think that's the key to me is getting Odell Beckham the ball down the field at this point. Could this yeah, well, be the key of the game? It,
3: it can, and I think it's more for the Rams um, because I don't think Burrow's going to have enough time or to go through the progressions quite like Stafford will. Uh, I mean, he's going to be running for his life back there in my opinion. Um, I don't see that being a factor. That's you're looking at a third or fourth, you know, option typically with with this guy. I mean, possibly on a slant route with, with Boyd over, over the middle. Um, I don't see Tyler Boyd being a huge factor here, uh, like like Cup. Uh, I mean, Cup. He he's a different type of guy. Like he pushes corners off their spot. Like corners have a spot. Uh, that they play, they play within, and, and they make their moves. And and when you are that talented a receiver, and you push them off their spot, then I mean you're wide open for your option routes, and you you just are basically toying with them, and you can, you can take them in and out or back or you know whatever you want to do. And he's a master at that. We we've all seen that. So uh, although Boyd is a you know he's a taller guy, he's got great hands, he's a good athlete. I, I mean I don't see anything of comparison um with cup in in the same sentence personally
2: yeah i remember recently recency bias i remember two wide receivers getting that open that often Um, one was randy moss who you can't cover and then the other is cooper cup who McVeigh designed schemes for him no he's great he's fast nothing nothing to slide on him but McVeigh designed schemes for him where he's always wide open and so yeah I'm gonna trust that um yeah, yeah. well he he designed schemes to
3: keep you know even when he's supposed to be having help over the top on the safety yeah McVeigh sad. will McVeigh will send a post route or a, or a deep dig, coming back to cover at the top to make that safety roll with him so the Cooper gets one-on-one, pushes a corner of a spot, and gets wide open. I mean, you see it all day long. So that, that goes back into, you know, the mindset of McVay and how smart he is on to come up with these schemes and plays, even with those kind of coverages and defenses to, to break Cup open and still somewhat get him one-on-one.
0: So – before we move on, to with the Rams, I want to talk about the Bengals in a minute, but the Rams did activate De- Devery Henderson today. Akers, Sony Michelle, Henderson, all look like they're going to be active for the Super Bowl. If you're playing DraftKings or something like that, it's a crap shoot to play one of the Rams running back. And it Cam Akers with his fumble issue, and I, I feel like Sony Michelle is the least talented of the three backs. Is there a way they bring Henderson off the bench after not playing in weeks and he's the lead back in the Super Bowl? No
3: way, right? I, I don't see it. Um, I mean, Sony Michelle actually was a saving grace for them, them trading. And I mean, he really stepped in and, and played really well and helped them out in the run game. Um, Cam Akers being back, he's minus the fumble issues, he's still Cam Akers. I mean, he's doing great. Um, again, this game, it's such a tight game. Even Vegas has it set as a tight game. It's going to come down to turnovers. It it always does. And, you know, if the Rams can play a clean game on paper, I mean, they should win this hands down.
2: Yeah, I agree. You, You play who you're most comfortable with protecting the football in this game because the worst thing you can do in a Super Bowl or in a big game is turn the ball over. So Who you think protects the ball the best, that's who you're going to play. You don't bring out possible breakout stars if they don't protect the ball because a risk reward is not worth it. You want to play your game and your parameters how you design the game you don't design the game for 60-yard touchdowns. You design it for first downs, pick up the sticks, ball control, and that's what you stick with. Because if you gamble and you lose, you don't get here very often. And as Titans fans know and as Falcons fans know, hurting, losing sucks and it hurts.
3: It does. But to your point, I I also don't think – coaches need to overthink the situation just because you're on a big stage like i think you have to stay like i said stay in your lane and say that till i'm blue in the face here but you've got to play the same game that got you there and stick with your game plan um you know they've had two weeks to. well that's what that's
2: what McVeigh did the first against bill the first time mcveigh went crazy and overthought everything and they got blown out it was like what would you do? Like, play your game. Like, yeah. that's – Belichick does that to a lot of coaches, but McVeigh just totally collapsed. And it was just – and I think he's learned yeah. from that. Because you 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 never lose. You either win or you learn. And I think – Yeah, McVay, exactly.
3: Exactly. And, and he's a smart enough guy. It, you're exactly right as well said. Um, you, you win or you learn,
0: for sure. Yeah. So, Robbie, before we go to the Bengals, too, you being the resident gambling expert, what does the general public expert. bet on Tennessee? They got it over tomorrow. Speculation. <laughs> yeah. That tern- was the most reckless speculation that's been said. What is expert. The expert. What is the movement in the line tell us about where the money's been going? Initially, the Rams started going up, got up to four and a half. Everybody's saying it's going to go to five. Now it's settled back down with the Bengals at four. Did that early money go on the Rams? And then when that number got too high, came back to the Bengals.
2: So a couple of things. One, it's a West Coast team. A lot of those numbers are coming from Vegas still. Not necessarily online gambling. So you have West Coast hometown. You also have, so that was the initial line. Then you had the mattress guy dropping 9 million on the Bengals, which is going to swing it. Um I think this is a pretty steady line, actually. It's moving a point, point and a half. But um, you have an all-star team versus an underdog team. I think that the line stayed pretty consistently. Um, We're not getting into our bets yet. uh, But nothing that I've seen right now alarms me as far as how the line's moving. There's no injuries. There's no COVID tests. Weird. <laughs> um, it, 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 everyone's available, so I think it's just a there's probably gonna be an influx of money again before sun, maybe tomorrow or something. There's gonna be money to float it both ways, but yeah, mattress, Mike or mattress, Matt, whatever Mac, whatever his name is. Um, yeah, dropping nine mil definitely will swing the line,
3: yeah. All right, no, yeah. I was just gonna say, um, they uh the sharp money is still kind of out there; hadn't came in. The public obviously is on the Rams. That's how Vegas said it. Um, I think Mac did swing the line a little bit with with his bet, and and that that's what caused it to come down. So I'm anxious to see Sunday morning. That's that's when you're going to kind of see a little bit
2: more come in. So. Just side note: Has anyone heard? I don't know the answer to this. Has anyone heard? Are the Rams getting three points for being home, or is this just a neutral field kind of thing?
3: I haven't heard anything on that. Um, have the Rams been at home all year, really? Yeah. I mean, this is
2: not away team money. This is corporate money. This is going to be a silent crowd. It, there will be some Bengal fans in the upper deck, but lower deck, it's going to be a quiet crowd.
0: Having been to a Super Bowl once, not like I've been 20 times, I would say 50% of the people at the Super Bowl that I was at was probably their only football game of the year. They were an incredibly large amount. The person I went to worked for, in, worked for one of the networks that got me the ticket. And they were, they were people there that I felt confident weren't football fans, but were there for the media speculation, so I don't see that the Rams will, I, I actually think the Bengals may have more fans in the stadium than the Rams at this point. I think Cincinnati's yeah. a fan. Leader. fans, yeah. yeah. Fan fans, I, I, I agree with you,
3: but, you know, being in LA, you're going to see all the, the superstars there, you know, it's going to be, you know, big names everywhere in the in the suites, all that, but I agree as far as hardcore football team fans you're probably especially you know LA being new there um, you're going to see more Bengals fans especially what's it been 30 year 30 something years well, since been, you know. I don't
0: I don't even think this was like Tampa playing in Tampa last year I, no, I you know uh, not was, even close I think Tampa probably had a home field advantage by playing the Super Bowl in Tampa, I don't see that in L.A. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's one of the things I want to see as soon as the game starts. I want to see how much red and black is in that stadium, how much blue and gold is in that stadium, what's it look like, you know.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's more neutral. I don't I don't see Rams getting a, a big advantage from the crowd, per se. Um, you well, know, you're playing right, on that field.
0: ridiculous. Ridiculous <laughs> talk Ridiculous. about the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but no, you're actually watching reckless speculation. I'm still not over my back injury, so if I'm moving in and out of sight, please bear with us. But we do need you. While Robbie Davis is getting a drink, do like, follow, and smash that. Just if you're on Facebook, follow us. We really need YouTube followers. You can find all of our backlog of media on iTunes and Spotify. Please follow Reckless Speculation. It's all listed under 3Rs Media, uh, 3Rs Media Sports. So I think it's a little confusion to a couple of people, but it is, if you will go under iTunes, 3Rs, you will find all of the shows, including Outlaw X, the music show, which is in syndication again in the Eastern Block. I don't know how, but we have a radio station in like Prague that replays that show, so (laughs) I have no clue. But, Robbie, you're back. I want to start with talking about the Bengals. I am convinced, as many people has told me over the last year, that Patrick Mahomes is the next goat or baby goat. This person is the greatest. This one's the best quarterback. Joe Burrow is put together differently. I think he's put together more like Montana. I don't know that Joe Burrow has the greatest tools that a Patrick Mahomes does, but Joe Burrow figures out a way to win football games, and he's a different kind of cat. Let's start there. At his time at LSU and now in the NFL, Joe Burrow is his mental makeup his strongest suit, Robbie?
2: Yeah, so I want to be careful not to exaggerate comparisons. But what I want to illustrate is a possibility. The same way we talk about Brady and Aaron Rodgers, that Aaron, Brady's the greatest winner, but Aaron Rodgers may be much better than him at actual talent, right?
0: Well, let's stop there.
1: Wait, hold, Aaron hold, hold, mate, hold
0: Manning is much more of a – you put them together a lot more than you do Brady. But yeah. to me, you put Brady in a category with maybe Terry Bradshaw that won four Super Bowls, went to six. They're just winners, or Joe Montana that's winners. Well,
2: yeah, so, so I'm getting there. So maybe – and this is, you know – speculation and very reckless that we're doing it. It's ridiculous. Perhaps Patrick Mahomes is that Aaron Rodgers and Joe Burrow could be that Tom Brady. Like I'm not as gifted as you are Patrick Mahomes, but I know how to win. Look look it's always bothered me for whatever reason that Patrick Mahomes went to Texas Tech and I get it Like there, there are diamonds in the rough, but he was that gifted always. Like you don't learn to throw the football once you're in the NFL. Like he had that. Something was weird. He paired with Andy Reid. Got, but yeah. So it very well could be that Patrick Mahomes is to Aaron Rodgers what or I. I spent a long time taking the SAT, but so. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes to Joe Burrow is what Aaron Rodgers is to Tom Brady. There it is. That's what it is. So like talent does not necessarily mean winning. and that could be the difference.
3: Yeah, uh, to your point, I, I think we're getting a little ahead of ourselves here now. yeah, oh, he, yeah. Is, he He
2: reckless, has had reckless. It, yeah, well, but, I'm gonna but try but to make it doing? not
3: so reckless.
0: Joe Burrow has done it at another level. He did. He, he's one of the few. I think if he wins, yeah,
3: you, you also the Super look Bowl, at the, he
0: becomes the second man ever to win a Heisman Trophy a national championship. and Right. A Super Bowl. I mean, you
3: look at the talent around him and and what he had at LSU. I mean, it, Jamar they're Chase. all NFL players. Yeah, but. You know he, he still has to prove it, and this is this is the big stage. This is the game, and I, I know uh, Jonathan Mathis was talking about how you know calm and collected and he is, and he's he's not too big for these lights or or whatever. Um, but th- this is the biggest stage he's ever been on. Now, the progression of this season has led to that they've had a Disney super ending story or however you want to call it. I mean, it's been unbelievable. It seems like destiny.
0: Have they not been behind in all three playoff games at some point?
3: Yeah, they have. And again, on paper, the matchup for them is favored because if you look at, especially the Rams, They usually get up big and then they somehow can turn it around and and let teams back in it. If they mess around with Burrow, like, I think there's a chance, if it's close in the fourth quarter, I mean, I I can see that will to win and, like you said, just winners coming in and and Burrow could could pull this out now. I think McVeigh's plan is like a – he needs to be up – you know, midway through the third quarter, he's got to be up. You know, twenty-seven, seventeen, or, or something I, I can
2: like see that. this also being the John Elway scenario where, hey, he's a great quarterback. He isn't a team around him. He isn't a defense around him. Like this, this is not like you know. Burrow was cocky, confident. Even, I mean, confident, I guess, is a better word. About yeah, I've been in SEC stadiums. but there's nothing like this. There's nothing at all, like this stage. And generally the better defensive teams and the better overall teams win because yeah. this is a huge deal. Yeah. I totally. So
0: I would, I'd also want to address, I think clearly Cincinnati's biggest advantage on offense. I think these receivers groups are both elite. Uh, probably in the top three in the NFL them themselves each one of them with Cup, Beckham Jefferson and Chase Higgins and Boyd with the tight ends whichever one plays but I think the Bengals have a clear advantage at the running back position I think Joe Mixon is the best running back by a long spread if you're the Bengals Robbie do you want to slow it down with Mixon and run the ball
2: No, um, because you want to keep the defensive ends tired. So it's it's going to be can you pass the ball, and can you get time? And if you can keep them in, in run and speed up the offense, just these little dink and dunks. You want the defense to be tired. I think if you run the ball, I think you're playing into the Rams' strength. I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily like that occasional run but no i think i think i think the over under was mixing 64 62.5 uh something like that i think he goes under i think it's going to be a hey we've got the best quarterback whichever team believes that they're the ones that are going to win the game
3: yeah and if you look back at the chiefs game um with the Bengals. the they tried to slow the clock and they tried to run it in, in the first uh, half and it didn't work yeah. out so well for them. Um, now they made some adjustments, which actually passed in the ball more in the second half and it opened up the run game. The mix and actually started, you know, getting some things going, but uh, you know, I don't think you need to come in to this game with, with, you know, trying to be a balanced offense or, you know, run the ball, slow the clock. Even as great as pass rush, this defense is. I mean, they're pretty good stopping the run as well. So, I, I can see, you know, the flow of the game going. I think, like I said, I like the over. I, I think it's going to be a, a lot more passing on both sides than, than run, for sure. It's going
2: to be a hell of a game. So- I mean, it's it like mm. – the NFL very rarely lets you down, and you get two weeks to prepare. Coach, these coaches are brilliant. Like these play, like it's it. This is what they do. Like it's gonna be fantastic. It is. It and
3: has the NFL yet to disappoint throughout this no, entire
2: playoffs. No, like no, wild card weekend was well, whatever, but and after you know that, what? it has been fantastic. I can't wait to talk about the ba- baseball strike in the next couple of shows. NFL could just – they could, hey, we'll get a whole second league and dominate that window also. Yeah. That's a perfect
0: lead-in. Before we get to our uh, predictions, which I think we're going to have some different ones here, I really think we're going to split on predictions. I wanted to ask each one of you, and, and I know you're both Titans fan and, and and you might be the Titans playing in the Super Bowl. What's your favorite Super Bowl memory? It doesn't have to be your favorite team. It doesn't have to be. What's, what's your favorite Super Bowl memory?
3: Yeah, what's in the Titans? The one-yard line with Dyson, that's for sure.
0: That's a bitter memory. I can see it in your eye. <laughs> is there Is there one that you enjoy? So,
3: another one of, I wouldn't say I enjoy, but a boneheaded – Play that! I I was just a fan of football watching. I didn't care who won the game. Um, Super Bowl forty nine on um, I think they were the two yard line or one yard line uh, Seahawks versus Patriots. Wilson instead of handing the ball off to Marshawn Lynch, who's been a juggernaut all game. They attempt to throw a slant route to Tyler Lockett, which Malcolm Butler jumps the route. He was double covered. Malcolm Butler was free and picks it off. And that was just like a jaw dropping moment that I will never forget. Like, I can't believe that. That goes back to the, what I was saying earlier. Like, coaches tend to overthink things sometimes in these high pressure situations. First decision and
2: that, ever in football.
3: That was the worst decision ever in football. Like I, still, it. I mean, that was third down. Third it down was third, third down.
2: Yeah,
3: you had you had two chances to run Marshawn, who's been running all over the field all night. You're on the two yard line. I mean, it just that is that Super Bowl memory and play will forever stick in my mind.
0: If you're a fan of the show, the league, the next couple of season later. They're on the beach with Marshawn Lynch. And the guy's like, I want a beer. I'll throw it to you, Marshawn. He's like, I can walk it over there to you, man. It's no big deal. All got to do is get up and walk it to you. He goes, throw it to Marshawn. So he throws him the beer. And when he throws the beer, he goes to catch it. falls in a pit of fire and burns up. So I thought that was appropriate. Yeah, Robbie? It's, it's,
3: it's pretty much
2: better. what happened.
0: Do you have a favorite Super Bowl memory?
2: I wouldn't say I have a favorite Super Bowl memory. It's all been pretty heartbroken. Um, If – and I know – so my – I guess if I had to say one that stands out to me, all my Tennessee alum fans are going to get mad at me, but the Saints onside kick against Indy to – Give that city a Super Bowl. Um even though it was against, that game. Even though, it was a, even though it was against Peyton Manning, mm-hmm. and I, he had already won one, though, and he solidified his Super Bowl championship. But the Saints, to get that ball and win that game, and for that city at that time, um, that's, that's just one of my, like, hey, a city can rise again and, and get the team back. Because if you remember, they were – tempted to go to San Antonio and to come back to New Orleans a great city and um, to to reestablish their fan base there that that's probably what i remember most about the super bowl um, and then obviously we've grown up in the Patriots super bowl so it's it's been Tom Brady you know, we have a few we have the man catch and then we have um what was it know, the
3: or yeah sorry go ahead
2: Oh yeah, like we so. have a few of those, but I mean it's been pretty much monotonous. Uh, there was the uh, uh, Antonio, Home San Antonio Holmes or Santonio San Holmes catch. Santonio Holmes, yeah, for yeah. Steelers. Yeah, yeah so the Steelers, So it's been a lot. Of, it's been the same teams, but I think the Saints winning that one. Um, and I've been, I've been, I'm a Titans fan, and so I never wanted Peyton. To, even though I love Peyton, I never wanted him to win because he was a Colts. And then the top, like yeah. so. Uh, once he left Tennessee, I, I never rooted for him, and so that—that's our own little kind of vindication. Of somebody should have got got to Nashville. How did Eli Manning win two Super Bowls? My favorite was yeah, that question. In
0: 2007.
2: Hey, they've been in the league. Against,
3: both years. both against Bill Belichick. I know against Tom Brady. How did yeah. he win two Super Bowls? He was. So the worst if, two Super
0: Bowl quarterback I've ever seen. If Rothersburg don't win his two, Eli doesn't win his two, Peyton don't win his two, Brady's got like twelve now. But also one that's overlooked, I think in my mind, is Reggie White winning the first Super Bowl with the Green Bay Packers. Reggie had been in the league a long time, had went to Green Bay trying to win a Super Bowl, and there's this moment. I had a poster of it when I was uh, younger or Reggie grabs the Super Bowl trophy, and he basically does a laugh around the Superdome holding the Super Bowl trophy up. That's, that's one. The Falcons blowing a 28-3 lead, that, that's another one. But let me tell you the most, I, I, I think, I'm 55 years old. This is Super Bowl 55. I have watched every Super Bowl and have some memory of every Super Bowl since... Super Bowl three, I remember Joe Namath winning the Super Bowl. It was national news. I was three years old. The next year, the Cowboys win the Super Bowl. It was national news. I have grown up with the Super Bowl. I have all these great memories of the Super Bowl. And it wasn't what it is today. It was more of just a normal season championship. And I've been able to watch the Super Bowl grow up in my lifetime. From a twelve dollar ticket to a five thousand dollar ticket, I I I really I've always took pride, and I'm the exact same. You can tell how old I'm turning in September by the Super Bowl. I believe this is fifty six. I turned fifty six in September, so it's a Super Bowl is special for That's me. It's cool. it's better than any championship game, not better than the basketball tournament, but single championship game. Winner takes it all. One win. There's nothing like the Super Bowl to me. Well said. That brings us to the end of the show and the point we're going to talk about. Let's make some prediction. And I'm going to go first and hand it around. I'm not doing this because I believe I'm going to be different than everybody. I think the most underrated unit on the field come Sunday is the Bengals defense. They are so no-name, so underrated. I think the Bengals' defense has an ability to be aggressive and to make plays. I think Matthew Stafford has the ability to turn the football over. I think it's a game that goes late. I think it's an under game, and I think somebody makes a play late to win the football game. If you tell me this is a touchdown game in the fourth quarter, I'm taking Joe Burrow. Over Matthew Stafford, so money line, just a winner's pick. Give me the Bengals to win the game. Brandon Jane,
3: I don't necessarily disagree. I I I think they the Bengals defense is underrated. I mean, there's there's a couple of names on there that you could call out: Eli Apple, uh, Sam Hubbard, Von Bell. I think Von Bell had the interception on Mahomes.
0: Chattanooga, um, Chattanooga area too, two representatives, one for Port Fort Payne and Evan McPherson, the kicker from the Bengals, and Von Bell from Ridgeland High School. So Yeah.
3: And I also uh, named all three Let's Let's also named all three buckeyes that are on the Bengals uh, yes. defense, by the way. Anyway, no. Um, again, we we've talked about this uh, earlier when you get in these type of games, especially this game, defense typically wins the matchup. Although the Bengals do match up better on paper than probably they have any other team they've played in the playoffs. Um, I think the Rams pull this off again, if Stafford can keep it to one turnover or less, uh, but I've got I've got the Rams 31, 27. Take the over, 48 and a half. That's right at the four line. So, you know, if it jumps to four and a half, maybe, maybe take the rams on that, but or I mean three and a half, but I don't think it's coming down. You could push it with the Bengals if it goes four and a half or five, but um, I think it's going to be right where Vegas has it, and I think it's going to be over, though.
0: Robbie Davis, are you going to be smoking a cigar with me when the Bengals win?
2: So, the Rams beat this team. or I'm sorry. The Rams built this team to beat Kansas City. They did a damn good job at it, because they've got Jalen Ramsey... Arnold, and Miller to attack the weaknesses. They're not facing Kansas City. They're facing a weaker version of them. Although Kansas City beat them in the playoffs, they're still not as good as they are. I do not see how Joe Burrow gets enough time to pass the ball. I think it's Sac City um, I think Arnold, Donald the MVP I just don't see how he has enough time to throw the ball in this game they have weapons but they don't have time a weak offensive line it's a strong defensive line it's almost undefeated um, Rams win they cover I take the Rams by 7 Nice. Well, I'm living on an island out here. I'm on Jalen
0: Ramsey Island. So, I don't know why. Just he will not on be the on the Bengals island. game. The Bengals feels like the Braves to me. Like, it's just a championship run that's destiny. So, all right, guys, we'll be back on Wednesday and we'll talk about it. We're also going to talk about the baseball strike and lockout. Also, we're going to start getting ready for just around the corner, March Madness. NASCAR, Robin, NASCAR. Have you got? Have you got? Have you got your teams lined up for the March Madness bracket yet?
2: Um, so I'm going to Knoxville tomorrow. I'm going to stay there Saturday, and then up till Tuesday for the Kentucky game, um, and then yeah, we'll see. Oh, yeah, no, I cannot wait for the March Madness selections show. Um, it's going to be great i pretty pretty good. I'm going mean, to knock this one out of the park. <laughs> All
0: right. Uh, did anybody notice that Rod's never showed up?
2: Who? Who's Rod?
0: Who's Rod? <laughs> I do want to thank Jonathan Mathis. If you want to join him, they're just coming on the air over on the ASAP network.
2: So, hey, and subscribe and follow, guys. Yep. Yeah, please
3: like, share, subscribe, follow, tell Reckless everyone. Reckless
2: speculation.
3: We are reckless.
2: We're trying not and to get
0: sued. Under 3R's media. We definitely need you on YouTube. So, final words, Robbie Davis, what do you got?
2: Um, man, it's Super Bowl weekend, man. It's going to be awesome. Look. You can say what you want, but the NFL does not disappoint. It's entertainment at its finest. Um, I be mean, watching it from Knoxville, you know, in my apartment by myself. But but that's all I ever want. All you want is to watch it. Like, I guess you can watch it with friends or by yourself. Like, this is the mecca of sports entertainment. And good God, what is the NBC Olympics doing? What the like, – how much did they pay for this contract? And there's no one's watching it. It's silly. But what you go to hey, food on Super Bowl Sunday, Robbie? Do not um, my go go to food. Um, I'm probably gonna be getting ordered out, so I'll probably just grab Thai food or something. So this is not very Super Bowlish, but um, I'm not a wing guy myself.
0: All right, Brandon Change.
2: Yeah, this –
3: like Robbie said, one of the greatest weekends of the year. Monday should be a national holiday. I don't know why anyone should have to work after the Super Bowl. It's just ridiculous. So can we please, you know –
2: Do you give your workers off, Brandon?
3: Yeah, I'm not working on Monday. But You give your workers off. I mean – (laughs) yes (laughs) Um, anyway (laughs) they do Uh, yeah so (laughs) it's going to be exciting I can't wait for it Um, I I think Joe Burrow's fantasy land is over and now don't get me wrong he's going to be a generational talent and change the game for sure The Bengals are going to be here a while. Like you said earlier, Randall, they're not supposed to even be here right now. So, to even get to this point, I think it's great. Rams sold out for this. It's their home – well, it won't be really a home field. But I'm just excited. And take the over 48-and-a-half and the kickoff return on the first play.
2: Hopefully none of my employees are watching because they'll want time off tomorrow or Monday. Also, <laughs> uh,
0: I should have put in a vacation day for Randall Cunningham, Marty Davis, Brandon Shane. We are ridiculous speculation coming we oh. back Wednesday. God damn it! I do it on purpose. You know that, right? We Reckless speculation. speculation. Uh. And we'll be back on Wednesday at 9 o'clock sharp with ridiculous, reckless
2: speculation. We're trying to get T-shirts here, man. We need we need, we need a common theme. <laughs> we don't know. We don't know what we're
0: doing tomorrow. Thank you, and we'll be see you next week.